Welcome to Exhibition, an Xbox podcast, episode number 39. My name is Samuel Adams, and this is a weekly show dedicated entirely to the world of Xbox, bringing you everything you need to know to stay in the loop. So if you're new here and you enjoy the show, hit that subscribe button on your podcast feed or on YouTube and get it delivered to your inbox every single Sunday. This week has been a very big week with the Cyberpunk 2077 1.5 patch finally delivering a version of the game that should have been present at launch. I'll be giving my two cents on the experience and we'll be talking about some performance issues on the Xbox Series S and a potential remedy to that. Additionally, the Halo TV show is on the way and you'll be seeing Master Chief's face. Very interesting approach to that reveal. And then on top of that, I'm going to be talking about Shredders, a new snowboarding game that has certainly caught my eye, and I can't wait to hit the slopes. Without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into it. If you've been waiting to play Cyberpunk 2077 like I have, now might be a good time because Patch 1.5 dropped in a surprise announcement earlier this week, and it is very solid. I'll admit that after playing about five hours of Cyberpunk 2077 in the year of our Lord 2022, it is a very good RPG. And I think what stands out to me right now is that the technical improvements that have come because of this patch and because of other patches through the years, I can now focus on the characters and I can focus on the writing and the world building in a way that I think I would have been too distracted to admire previously. I think that's really what this patch does for me. Uh, and as other people have said as well, it doesn't really hit the mark of the promises that Cyberpunk had made whenever it was announced, or I should say, really, that CD Projekt Red had made whenever this game was announced. Even so, this I would consider to be the official launch of Cyberpunk 2077. The game is out now, if you really want to break it down like that. Uh, additionally, there are some significant performance improvements as well, no matter where you play. And on the next generation consoles like PS5 and Xbox Series X, you now have two modes you can choose from, performance and ray tracing. I do want to make a quick aside and say that the world of cyberpunk lends itself heavily to ray tracing. It is a beautiful experience to see these neon lights ray traced and to see better shadows on cars and in the world. It really creates something that feels much more robust, but you do get those ray traced shadows at the sacrifice of 30 frames per second. That's right, you're cutting your 60 FPS down to 30. Uh, so effectively, the performance modes are doing what you would expect them to do in any other kind of situation. And if I had to guess, I would say the majority of people are going to want that performance mode. I have seen a couple of small and rare frame dips is something they admit here in the graphic as well, uh, but they are few and far between. This truly is a great experience, and this is a good time to jump in, especially since I went back to GameStop this week and I picked up a $13 pre-owned copy of Cyberpunk 2077 to go back and give it another shot. I'm one that returned my copy back when the game launched in 2020 after playing for about two or three hours just because I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't a good game back then, and even so, uh, now there are some issues that can distract from the game, but they are few and far between. 
the conversation gets more interesting when we talk about the Xbox Series S, because as you can see from this graphic, there is only one mode for the Xbox Series S, and that focuses on performance, and it hits 30 FPS at 1440p. So solid resolution, but 30 FPS is pretty painful, especially when there is no uh, benefit of having ray tracing involved there. It's worth mentioning the Xbox Series S is a less powerful console. It is also the cost of a regular Nintendo Switch. So we're talking about something that is for the budget-minded gamer, and if I had to guess, the majority of people that are going to be playing on the Xbox Series S don't even know that graphics like this comparing performance exist. I really don't think it's going to be that big of an issue for those that are playing on that console. Even so, last year, there were a ton of people that had to go with the Xbox Series S over the X because of supply chain shortages, so I do think there are going to be people that do want the Xbox Series S to push the limits of what is possible on that affordable hardware, and the good news is that Cyberpunk 2077's development team is looking in to 60fps support on the Xbox Series S. This news comes from Zachary Body over at Windows Central, who writes... The Cyberpunk 2077 1.5 update brought dozens of new features, visual enhancements, quality of life improvements, and fixes to the open world sci-fi RPG. Series X and PS5 enjoy the bulk of improvements with 4K at 60fps support, ray tracing, and more. They go on to talk more about the 30fps lock for the Xbox Series S and the 1440p, but... They also say that on Wednesday, CD Projekt Red confirmed it is looking into raising the FPS cap for the Xbox Series S. I would love to see this get 60 FPS treatment across the board, even if it was at the cost of resolution. Because as somebody who is currently playing a Nintendo Switch at 1080p up-res to 4K, I can't really tell. I don't know if that's just me, I don't know if that's really good hardware, I don't know what that is, but I can't tell if a game is up -rezzed. And so I think that being able to run at 1080p and hit 60fps with no ray tracing should be possible. I've seen other games do it, and I understand that Cyberpunk is a very robust open world, but it seems like if the Xbox Series S can't hit 60fps, that's less on the hardware and more on the development team for not properly optimizing the game. That's just my two cents on that. Uh, I would love to talk to a developer more about what challenges they're facing with the Xbox Series S, aside from just the general less powerful hardware. Uh, but I still think that it should be possible, and I would love to see an update coming. Uh, but I certainly think that the priority was just getting this out the door. I think the priority was hitting a specific time frame, because this is when we expected the patch to drop, and really trying to get more people back into the world. Because I can totally confirm uh, that I am now invested in Cyberpunk. I'll probably see the game through to the end by the end of next week or so, and get that full story, because I like the world that's been built. I like the characters that have been created, and it's not an experience that I would have had had this next-gen update not dropped. Uh, so if you've been waiting... Now is a great time to dive in. On the Xbox Series X and S, as I mentioned earlier, the smart delivery is in full effect here. Doesn't matter where you play, you get your version of the game. And if you played back in 2020, your cloud save is likely going to be right there, ready and waiting for you. Uh, now, as I mentioned again, 
I got my copy from GameStop for 13 bucks pre-owned. It was actually hiked up $4 because of this announcement, but I digress. I did get it for 13 bucks from GameStop with the case in full, really good looking uh, piece of software there. I like the box art. I like this new female V that we see in this rebrand. Uh, but on top of that, if you do want to pick it up digitally on sale for 30 bucks right now, and there is a five hour free trial ready and waiting for you. Even if you played Cyberpunk back in 2020, that five-hour free trial is still there. So dive in, give it a shot, and at the very least, see what these improvements are that CD Projekt has been working on over the course of the past two years. I think you might find that it's worth your time. Jumping from gaming to television, it looks like we are finally going to see Master Chief's face, sort of, kind of. It's a little bit complicated, and we'll get more into that in a moment. Uh, but this is a report from Kotaku's Zach Zweizen, I believe I said that name correctly, who is actually reporting on an interview with IGN. He says, quote, Halo TV show executive producer and 343's studio head of transmedia, Kiki Wolfkill, confirmed that fans will, quote, see his face, end quote. She also explained why the helmet was coming off. It comes down to the story they are telling in the streaming show. Quote, I think we set out to tell a character story and a personal story. And once we really got into what the story was, it became clear that you really needed to see the person in the armor and under the helmet. Wolfkill, 343, and Microsoft seem to be aware that removing the character's helmet is a controversial choice. While some fans will be over the moon about it, many others will wish for the character to remain faceless and mysterious. Quote, for some people, it's been a moment 20 years in the making, and for other people, it is something that feels very hard to imagine. We absolutely respect both sides of that fence, those who really want to see Chief's face and those who really don't. But for the nature of this story, it felt really important to connect with the Master Chief in a different way, and that meant showing his face in quote. It is worth mentioning, they go on, uh, that this is going to be something that is not canon. Microsoft and 343 have confirmed that Showtime's show is not going to be canon. That means it does not line up with the games or the books themselves. So with that being said, I think that it's okay to show Master Chief's face in this specific scenario. I think that if it builds the character in a valuable way, and I think that if it helps people tap into that story in a valuable way, then it is worth exploring that idea and taking off the mask of Master Chief. Now, that is one side of my thought. On the other side, I can't help but feel that Master Chief isn't someone who needs to have a face to identify with, because for me, Master Chief is one of the most robust characters in gaming because of his uh, stoic nature, because of his silence, the way that he approaches specific situations, and his dedication to the UNSC, his dedication to doing what's right. He's got a very defin definitive, a defined uh, profile as a character. And I think that bringing a face to that may not necessarily add much value, if any value at all. Another part of me also thinks that one of the allures of Master Chief is that he does remain faceless. It's easy for a player to put themselves in the shoes of John 117. Uh, I think that is also something that is going to be lost whenever you see Pablo Schreiber's face uh, when the mask does come off. Not to say that he's not going to be a good Master Chief. I think he's going to be great, uh, but it is something that is worth considering. However, 
if nothing is canon in this specific Showtime experience, then I don't really see a problem with it either. Uh, it's also worth noting this was just renewed for season two, so clearly there is an investment in making this narrative play out and in continuing to follow these characters. So hopefully it is going to be one of the best uh, gaming to television or gaming to movie experiences we've seen so far. Just based on the clips that we saw during the Super Bowl last week, it certainly does look pretty good. Uh, but I would love to hear what you have to say about the Halo TV show down in the comments section. If you are looking forward to it or if you are going to be passing it up, you can tune in on Paramount Plus starting in just a couple of months, I believe in May. So stay tuned. I'm sure that I'll be tweeting about it throughout the entire experience. Now let's dig into a game that is on my most anticipated games list. In fact, it might be my new most anticipated game of the year so far, and that is Shredders, which is coming day one to Xbox Game Pass, and it's also going to be releasing on Steam as well. But this is what I would consider to be a stripped down version of Steep or a stripped down version of even something like the snowboarding parts of Riders Republic. And I say that because this focuses entirely on being a good snowboarding game. There is no over-the-top writing, really. There are no over-the-top graphics. There's no bro culture like what you see in Riders Republic, uh, where it's all very dude, sick, gnarly, hang time, bro. Like, there's tons of that kind of stuff in other games. This focuses on being a really good-looking, good-playing snowboarding game. This is not something I have played, so I can't verify that it does feel good to play, but the promise of the game is something that I'm excited about. It is important to note this has no release date yet. There is a release time frame of spring or winter, depending on where you look. Steam says this winter, Xbox says spring, so we will have to wait and see what happens. This trailer that you're watching actually came from the Xbox and Bethesda showcase last spring, so keep that in mind. Just looking at this, though, what it brings to mind is this game, and I don't know if anybody else has played this, but this is snowboarding for the PlayStation 1 for my audio listeners out there. And this is pretty much written off as a very cheap alternative to Cool Borders, which was a pretty popular game that is reminiscent of something like an SSX. And what I remember the most about this game is that, number one, it was trash, but number two, uh, it was a very good representation of just focusing on snowboarding. It felt very streamlined, very cool music, uh, but it was just a very bare-bones snowboarding game. It focused on the sport rather than on the pomp and circumstance around a lot of these big events. And I think that's something that has been missed with a lot of the recent games. Steep is one that I think did it pretty well. Uh, and of course, you have games like SSX that are much more over the top and arcadey. But when it comes to this, it has been compared, and I believe the developers even said this as well, to a snowboarding version of Skate. And so that's a big statement, because Skate is a Tony Hawk-like experience, but it's a simulator. It focuses on making snowboarding, or I should say skateboarding, fun in skate, uh, but instead, it also makes it much more realistic. You have to actually perform kickflips with the analog sticks rather than just using one of the face buttons. It's that kind of difference that I think this game is going to make in the snowboarding game's world. Uh, and again, nothing to say against Riders Republic, it's just a different approach. 
that also does take a bit of a more realistic stance uh, depending on what kind of control scheme you choose when you play that game. Uh, but I wanted to point this one out because I want it to be on your radar. If you're someone who enjoys SSX, if you're someone who enjoys skate, if you're someone who enjoys these high-octane extreme sports games, Shredders is going to be one that you really do need to have on your radar, and it's one that, again, is coming day one with Xbox Game Pass, so if you have a subscription, it's totally going to be worth checking out either way, and of course, you can follow them on Twitter as well to stay up to date, and throughout the week, you will also see some very cool clips. To round out today's show, why don't we talk about some Xbox Game Pass games? As always, this news comes from Megan Spur over on the Xbox Wire, who writes, quote, don't mind me, just bringing more games to the Game Pass library. We're closing out February with some games from our friends at EA, as well as some PC games to work out those mechanical keyboard muscles. Let's look at what's coming soon. Starting now, Mass Effect Legendary Edition actually has cloud support, so you can play all three big Mass Effect games on the go. Uh, but on top of that, also out now, you have Lawn Mowing Simulator on Xbox Series X, S, and PC. A very important note, the Xbox One version of this game has been delayed, but it will be coming day one to Xbox Game Pass. On top of that, Madden NFL 22 on console and PC is also available right now, alongside Total War Warhammer 3 on PC. And we'll talk more about that one in just a moment. Coming soon on February 22nd, you have RoboQuest and Game Preview on PC. And then on the 24th, we have Galactic Civilizations 3 and Super Mega Baseball 3 coming to PC and console respectively. Finally, on the 28th of February, Alice Madness Returns comes to PC via EA Play. So in short, this is a solid addition for Game Pass. I think that to see Madden 22 is nice. I do wish this would come day and date to Game Pass in the same way that MLB The Show does. I think that ultimately comes down to EA Play having its set up specifically uh, because this game is also getting added to that subscription service now that the football season is over and fewer people are going to want to play Madden. I mean, it's a big tradition to see who is going to win the Super Bowl based on Madden projections. And I think that's something uh, that drives interest. Of course, the big game itself, tons of people gathering around, eating nachos, playing Madden for hours before the big game. Uh, now it's important to keep driving players to that and make the most of that specific experience. Uh, but on top of that, I think that it's important to note that Mass Effect Legendary Edition is a big ad for the cloud. Uh, and I think that as we see more focus on the cloud, we're starting to get closer to a cloud-based branch of Xbox Game Pass. I think that's something that is inevitable at this point. Because if you can make a giant sizzle reel of incredible experiences that are accessible for $5 a month, let's say, through a mobile-based Xbox game streaming service, you can definitely get a ton of people that might be like me and be on the go a lot uh, where I can just whip out my phone, play some Mass Effect. That's a pretty awesome deal. And it's powered by Xbox Series X and S architecture. I mean, that's the at in and of itself right there. Uh, but I also wanted to talk more about Total War Warhammer 3 because if you check this game out and I'm going to go over here, go here and say Metacritic, um, if I can spell. This game is ranking incredibly well. It's getting an 88 right now, Metascore on Metacritic, 7.2 user score, so not too shabby there, but an 88 Metascore on Metacritic puts it up there with Horizon Forbidden West and Halo Infinite. And this is the kind of game 
that we need to see more of in Xbox Game Pass for PC. And we've talked about this before and the improvements are coming over time. And we see a ton of them right here today where we have some very big PC games specifically, including Madden as well. But to get these big day one PC gaming exclusives, that's going to bring the same value as having a Halo Infinite in console world. You know what I'm saying? It's important to get these big experiences and to integrate them into the experience for PC gamers so that you can drive subscriptions for this service, so that you can get more PC players invested in Xbox on PC and realize that it's more than just a way to connect your console to your PC, or it's more than just another launcher alongside Steam and Epic Games and 17 million others that that are out there. Uh, being able to show the value of Game Pass is important, and it's been more difficult for them to prove that in the PC space outside of stuff just like Halo and Gears. Uh, but I think that they're really starting to ramp it up, and Total War is a fantastic example of that. But no matter where you're playing or what you're interested in, from sports and Mass Effect to Total War Warhammer 3 on PC, or even Alice Madness Returns, a little hidden gem, there is certainly something for everyone in this new lineup. But I'm, uh, I'm ready for some big kahunas to come around E3 season. That's just me personally. That wraps up this week's episode of Exhibition, an Xbox podcast. If you enjoy the show and you like what you see or what you hear, hit that subscribe button on YouTube, subscribe to the show on a podcast feed of your choice, and of course, rate the experience as well. Ratings help spread the word about the show. They help it climb in the algorithm. It would be fantastic for you to rate me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you possibly can. It really does mean the world to me. On top of that, I also want to say thank you so much for the continued support for those that are subscribing to the YouTube channel and that enjoy those shorts that I've been making. It's become a huge part of my daily routine to at least try and pump out one of those videos, and they have been a fantastic source of lifeblood for the channel. Really enjoying that as well. Uh, but until next time, you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. I'll talk to you soon, and keep on playing.